Hello everyone, and welcome back to another episode of The Pod Squad. Today, we have a one-off episode, including an excerpt from a book written by UCAN member Caroline Williams. Living in such uncertain times and becoming a retiree due to ill health gave Caroline time to reflect on some of her earliest memories. The life-changing diagnosis of type 1 diabetes at the age of 7 and living with Fred. Now, 47 years later, despite some health concerns and a degree of sight loss, she still survives and lives a predominantly normal life, for the most part. Fred, that's the pet name she has for her diabetes, gave the young and mischievous Caroline a get-out-of-jail-free card, for the most part. This book tells the story of how she learnt to live with her lifelong partner and how she kept him from taking control. It's full of interesting insights and anecdotes around the life of a child diabetic, a most useful tool for anyone, child or adult, living with their own Fred. Sugar-coated. Highs, lows and Fred. Chapter 2. Discovering Fred. We were called in and there was an elderly doctor sitting opposite who spoke directly to my mother but didn't seem to notice me. My mum provided him with a sample of my wee and then he tested it with some type of stick. The end turned bright orange and then he dipped another stick and the end turned purple. He explained to my mother that the orange indicated high sugar and the purple one high ketones. It was thought I had possibly developed diabetes. Fred was out in the open now, and that one word, diabetes, would change my life forever. He also explained that it would need to be confirmed by a specialist at the hospital. So where next, my mother asked. The doctor, who I now realise was a GP, rang the paediatric team at the general hospital and they said I would need to go straight there. We walked out of the room and straight out of the building. I'm not sure about my mum, but I really needed some air. My dad pulled up and was told the news by my mum. He, being the more emotional of the two, was visibly upset. It will be fine, he told me. My mother had it, and as far as I know, out of the 30-odd grandchildren, you are the only one who may have it. Why me, I thought. What did I do wrong? Will Fred control me from now on? Well, that would be the million-pound question for me and all the other young, newly diagnosed diabetics. It probably was a weakness in me that surfaced and I'm glad Fred showed himself and allowed me to get the treatment I needed. Some others weren't so lucky. I walked into the children's ward at the hospital and was greeted by a very pleasant tall blonde nurse in navy uniform. Hi Caroline, she said. Nice to meet you. I am Sister Barbara. I hear you will be staying here for a few weeks, perhaps. My mother also looked shocked as she followed us into the ward. I was asked which bed I would prefer, and for me it was easy, the one next to the TV. I'd never stayed away from home before, and that scared me. 
but I soon realised that while here I would have a great deal of attention. A young doctor came to speak to us and said that before he could confirm my diagnosis, he would need a full blood screening and to monitor my urine output. Good, I thought. At least nothing is confirmed. And when any of the nurses or other patients asked what I was there for, I told them I was there for tests, and for Fred, of course. I have to say that soon it was tea time and I was very hungry. However, when it arrived in a big metal trolley, the lady wheeling it asked me what I wanted, pie and mash or ham and parsley sauce. My mother indicated the ham and parsley, but a nurse came running over and handed a note to the trolley lady, who then said she was mistaken and that I could have the ham, a few potatoes and a handful of peas and fruit for dessert, but definitely no parsley sauce. This annoyed me and my mum went to complain to the nurse. She came back and said, Sorry, car, no more sauces for you. This hit me and instead of enjoying my tea, I ate a small amount and lay on the pillow and began to cry, which I tried to hide from my mum. Once I started... I sobbed quietly into the pillow for what must have been hours, realising that Fred and what he represented was going to be around for good. Life as I knew it was over, and I was only seven. What would the future hold for me and Fred? I must have eventually fallen asleep, as I was woken early by a loud machine at the end of the bed. It was a cleaner with her hoover. What time is it, please, I asked. About six in the morning, she replied. I really didn't think I had seen that time of day before. I thought to myself, I'll try and go back to sleep. But then a nurse was coming towards me. Caroline, I'm taking your temperature, she informed me pleasantly. And I will show you how to check your sugars, she continued. I don't know if I need to yet, though, I said, understandably exhausted. We should do it in case, she responded. Breakfast will be here soon and school starts at nine. Your mother rang and she will be here this afternoon. There was me thinking I was ill and on a break from school. Obviously not. Why wasn't my mother in work? Her job up to now was her life. And something was disturbing this. Could it be me? Doubtful, I thought. The nurse Linda, this time wearing a green uniform, gave me a tray and asked me to have a wee and bring it back to her so she could show me how to test. I'm thinking now of how diabetes care, equipment and procedures have developed in the years that I've lived with Fred. The testing then was so basic. Linda picked up a small plunger type thing. I think it was called a pipette. She put it into my wee and squeezed the rubber top until it was full. Then picking up a glass test tube, put the wee inside of it. She did this twice. It seemed like a messy business, even though she was wearing gloves. Then she picked up a pot of tablets, which had a big X on it. A warning not to be swallowed. She took out the tablet and placed it in the test tube with a wee. It bubbled like a witch's cauldron. 
and turned orange. Fred's favourite colour, I thought. Linda then explained that my sugar was very high and she was going to get the sister to chase my blood screen. I asked why the uniforms were different colours and Linda said it was because they did different jobs. I realised later that the dark blue was the sister, lighter blue were staff nurses, yellow uniforms were students and green being auxiliary. They were less qualified and usually called on to help the other nurses and given all the dirty jobs like testing we in the sluice. I came to hate that room and its purpose. After about three goes on the first test I did, Linda gave me a well done. Now it's time for breakfast. The same heavy trolley approached me. Nothing too sweet for Caroline, Linda shouted to the lady serving. I was given a bowl of cornflakes with a tiny drop of milk and a lukewarm tea. Fred told me we should have more. I told him that stealing off the trolley wouldn't be the best idea. By this time it was nearly nine o'clock and I had been awake for three hours. A middle-aged lady with a bun and big teeth was approaching me. She introduced herself as Miss Roberts, your teacher. After establishing I was there for tests, she led me to the schoolroom. There were two other children in there. One girl who was five, a boy of seven. They were both surgical cases recovering from operations and I, as I was to find out later, was a medical case. The school day ended at one, as this was lunchtime. It was enjoyable to be with new people who didn't know me, my moods, lethargy or fret. We did some reading, writing, simple maths and crayon the colouring pad. Miss Roberts gave us each some worksheets and as today was Friday, they were to be done by Monday. Lunch came and it was salad sandwiches with brown bread. It had my name and Diab on the sticky label on the side of the plate. Did they know something I didn't? Fred told me to ask for some meat, but I said we should leave well enough alone and that perhaps my mum would bring some food in. When she turned up an hour later, she looked flustered and much to Fred's disappointment with no food. Then she asked how I was. She said the doctor was coming to have a chat and would give us the results and where we would go from there. Where I can go from there, I shouted, egged on by Fred. Although my mother was used to me shouting, she was embarrassed as the world was so quiet. In he came, Doctor, later Mr Griffiths, with my files. A small bundle of papers in a yellow cardboard wallet, with my name and hospital number on the side. He started. I can confirm that you are suffering from type 1 diabetes. In fact, your blood sugars are currently so high that you would have been days away from a coma if you didn't seek help. He went on to say, We can now arrange to treat you with insulin, probably one dose a day until your sugar levels are stabilised and then you can go back home. Any questions? Fred seemed to be muttering something, but I ignored him and asked if I could have tablets. The doctor explained that insulin was given by injection, 
and the nurses would teach me to inject myself by the time I went home. He said that because of high sugars, I would be injected before tea and told one of the staff nurses to give me 16 units of monitored insulin, as that would make me feel better quickly. Susan, the staff nurse, came over an hour later and had a syringe with clear liquid in it and a medium-sized needle. Here it is, she said, your first dose. I asked when I would be taught and she said that there wasn't enough staff to do that until Monday as the weekends would be quieter with less staff. My mum also requested a lesson and Susan nodded. The injection went into the muscle at the top of my leg and the liquid being pushed in was more painful than the needle. The squeal made by Fred was the worst. Luckily only I could hear him. That was the first injection, one of many, mostly self-administered and, although slightly painful, they have and are continuing to save my life. The weekend went by quickly and I was starting to feel better in myself, hardly any thirst and feeling less tired. I gladly welcomed my many visitors and my mum told everyone I was on the mend. Fred was quiet and I think he felt a bit isolated as I seemed happy. Back to the schoolroom on Monday and I was praised for completing all my worksheets. The little girl from Friday had been discharged and I wondered how long I would have to stay in. The boy was still there. He was a clever one too and we competed to answer questions. This was another enjoyable few hours, and Miss Roberts told us we could go about quarter to one. Then she casually called me back and said, Caroline, the staff nurse Susan has told me you are now a diagnosed type 1 diabetic. I nodded, my bottom lip quivered as I felt upset again. She told me that Although it wasn't the best condition, there were many worse and that she too had lived with a Fred for over 30 years herself. She continued that her life with Fred wasn't the best every day, but there were more good days than bad. It definitely encouraged me to work harder in myself and my schoolwork and my new routines to know that Miss Roberts was in my gang and we often gave one another knowing looks across the desk. That afternoon, myself and my mother had the injection lesson. Firstly, filling the syringe with air and injecting into an orange and then, secondly, a soft childlike dummy. We did it well enough, but it took three days before I could inject into my muscles. My mother over the years never did, but she was a good backer. Well, over the next fortnight, Fred and I were starting to get restless. I learned about the best foods to eat and that now my diabetes was balanced and Fred was at rest. I learned how to keep it that way. Well, for the most part anyway. Finally, the day came when I was to be discharged and there were various different pieces of advice given to me by all the nurses before I left. Nothing, though, could really have prepared myself or my family for my life ahead with Fred. That was chapter two of Sugarcoated. Highs, lows 
and Fred. That's all we've got time for for now. But don't worry, the Pod Squad cauldron of creativity is bubbling away in the background, so you can expect all manner of wizardry. Take it easy. <laughs> <laughs>